0: Because Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them is still in the theater at the time of this review, the first portion of this episode will be spoiler-free. If you don't want to be spoiled, don't worry, we'll give you plenty of warning before we bring out the spoilers, and there are some big ones. You're listening to ONCE, episode 273, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, review. Welcome back to another episode of Once, the unofficial podcast for ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm
1: Jeremy Laughlin.
0: And we have just watched the movie Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. We got to screen it early uh, with press access. Special thanks to Warner Brothers and Owens Group for providing that. And don't worry, we're not going to spoil it, just like I said earlier. Well, we will spoil it in a little bit, but I'll give you plenty of warning before then. Jeremy, in general, what do you think of the movie?
1: I thought it was fantastic. No one else is going to make that pun in their
0: reviews. Yeah, that's right. Just like no one else said everything was awesome about the Lego movie. No,
1: no one. Who would do such a thing?
0: How would you compare this to the Harry Potter series?
1: It was a beast. No. (laughs) How would I compare it?
0: I think that Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them has... A lot of the fun of the harry potter series to it like the first few movies from the harry potter series that is but it doesn't have that sinister darkness undertone to it that the harry potter series had you know with the whole voldemort thing going on
1: (laughs) the whole voldemort thing Uh, oh that whole thing now are you are you saying specifically the first several movies or all of them
0: well of course all of the harry potter movies had the Voldemort yeah. thing going but I think even from the beginning there was this shadow that was a growing shadow as the movies progressed which is what part of what made the movies really cool I think as a series that there was this looming shadow that just got mm-hmm. bigger and bigger with each episode but uh, or movie that is <laughs> but from the start I felt like that shadow was already there hmm. and I,
1: it was a little bit I would say there was enough darkness in this that if it is indeed going to be a series of movies as it sounds from other production news it will be already
0: yeah they've got the second one in pre-production and it's slated for release in 2018
1: i think there there are i felt a shadow over this movie i'll put it that way there's some almost to the point where i would say if i were to rate it on family friendliness in the non-spoilery way, I would say that there are some moments that are almost, they're dark in almost a, a way that almost doesn't fit with the rest of the movie. Hmm. It's got one tone, but then it's, there are certain moments that are particularly violent, all in kind of the same way.
0: Are you thinking of like some of the beast sort of things and some of the other dark magic that happens in the movie? Is that what you're referring well, to as are, extra I mean, violent?
1: Some people did die in this movie. Yeah. So, and I felt that those moments were, you know, it was nothing, you know, like I couldn't handle it or something, but it it felt that there was a big I felt there was a big contrast between those moments and some of the other parts that I would have thought, "Oh, this would be good for this age group." Mm. But probably kicks it up a notch.
0: Yeah, probably there are going to be some scary things for younger kids, uh, especially some some things that they didn't go into all that much, but it'll make the parents definitely cringe um, <laughs>
1: there, and there's a lot that if you were to take especially
0: younger children to see this movie you would have to have some conversations oh yeah, and uh, be prepared for certain things now uh, it's not it's not the worst movie out there, and it is I think darker and potentially scarier than once upon a time would Mm -hmm. be. So use that kind of as a barrier and you can make your own decision then for whether you take your family to it.
1: And yeah, and I think it stood out to me as, as it did because there are parts of the movie that feel so light Mm -hmm. and then there's just a lot of contrast there, which I don't necessarily mind, but it's interesting. Another disclaimer I want to give while we're in the non-spoiler section is that this is not a review by hardcore Harry Potter oh, yes. expert <laughs> fans. So if that's <laughs> yes. what you're looking for, that will probably come in other podcasts if you've never listened to us before. Definitely. But this is Once Upon a Time fans reviewing this movie because our fans want us to.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I've watched all of the movies twice. You've watched the movies and you've actually read the books.
1: I have, and I, but I did it in... It was like a crash course. So in summer of 2011, I believe, is when part two of Deathly Hallows was released, the final movie, and I'd seen and read basically nothing. Uh And so I read each book, and when I would finish a book, I would watch the movie. And I did all of that over a period of about five months leading up to opening day (laughs) of Deathly Hallows part two. And I haven't really revisited any of it since then.
0: Cool. So, But you know more book side than I do. Right. So what is... Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. I, I initially, before even preparing for this movie, I thought, oh, it's a prequel that J.K. Rowling wrote. Ah. Uh, but no. Rowling no. didn't write it as a prequel. It, it's something so explain that. I, I know many of the Harry Potter fans will know this, but if you're not a Harry Potter fan, you're probably wondering.
1: Right. It's a it's a textbook at Hogwarts and elsewhere that was referenced fairly frequently and regularly in their class studying magical creatures or magical beasts. I don't know if they called them beasts in the class. It was magical creatures. To quote Albus Dumbledore, (laughs) uh, I found a quote from the book. He described it this way. Newt's masterpiece has been an approved textbook at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry ever since its publication and must take a substantial amount of credit for our students' consistently high results in Care of Magical Creatures examinations. Yet it is not a book to be confined to the classroom. No wizarding household is complete without a copy of Fantastic Beasts, well-thumbed by the generations who have rifled its pages in search of the best way to rid the lawn of clumps, interpret the mournful cries of the augury, or cure their pet puffskin of drinking out of the toilet.
0: <laughs> nice. So this is set in the same universe It's referenced from Harry Potter, and the way that they're positioning the movies uh, really remind me of like iRobot. If you've read Isaac Asimov's original iRobot book, you'll know it's absolutely nothing like the movie. The only thing that carries over is basically the the laws of robotics. The book is completely different from the movie. I like the movie better personally. But here, I think it's taking this concept and then turning it into a prequel. And hey, why not? Let's split it into several movies, probably three <laughs> movies, because that's what you do.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, Rogue One, a Star Wars movie, is coming out later this year. That That is apparently what you do now. You can even just take the same universe and tell different stories and make it a series. And hey, as long as they're quality, I'm okay with it.
0: Yeah, and, and it is really cool, too, because especially if you watch – Things in the order they're released, I think it's much more enjoyable. Like Star Wars, for example, you watch episodes four, five, and six, then go back and watch episodes one, two, and three. And then one, two, and three, I think, are more interesting as you see those subtle hints for what's coming. Whereas if you watch it chronologically, it's just like, oh, yeah. I know Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father. Spoiler Uh, spoiler. Sorry, (laughs) This
1: is the (laughs) spoiler-free section. You can't give spoilers of any kind.
0: But uh, that wouldn't be such a shocker if you watched it chronologically like that. But it is a shocker when you watch it in the order order it's released. So here, you watch or read the Harry Potter series and then come back and watch this movie, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, and the, the sequels to this prequel that will come out. And I think you'll be looking for those things and we'll get into discussing some of the possible things we may have picked up from this movie that uh, are foreshadowing of what's coming in Harry Potter or what has happened in Harry Potter. But it is in the same universe. Uh, This takes place in 1926 and Harry Potter was what, 1940s,
1: 1930s? Ooh, much later than that. Okay, much It later. was more it was closer to present day, but I don't remember how close. I uh It I felt kind of not because that. we're talking castles and old fashioned things, but that was only Hogwarts.
0: Yeah, that's true. There were When they
1: were at home, there were um I want to say electric streetlights. Yeah, that's and, right.
0: Electric streetlights and also buses, red buses in London, uh gas powered buses not like old-fashioned buses but shiny new ones so yeah harry potter okay so that that means there's a much bigger time gap and this does feel a lot like a prequel to harry potter which is cool to look for those shadows uh, very similar to watching the hobbit after you've watched lord of the rings now with the hobbit that is actually based on a novel But they added a whole bunch of backstory, which I think kind of makes the movie and the book cooler as a prequel to Lord of the Rings. Same thing here for Fantastic Beasts.
1: Referencing a Harry Potter wiki, which, what would we do without wikis? It looks like times, I don't know how definite these are, if they're more estimated, but a lot of these things would have been happening maybe in the 90s. Okay. The original Harry Potter series.
0: Yeah, and Harry Potter then being born in 1980-ish, somewhere in the 80s. Yes. So this happens then a lot uh, earlier than that. Right. So that's, that's really interesting. And it happens in New York, which is kind of neat to see an American take on the Harry Potter wizardry and magic and that kind of universe and what's different about it on the American side as opposed to the England, London british side of things
1: right still secret
0: lots of different rules it it's a fun movie i really enjoyed it uh very well produced it has a neat storyline with twists and turns and i do recommend that if you haven't already watch harry potter before you watch this because this i think will be more fun
1: i think it'll be more fun but i don't think it's to the degree with this movie that no, don't go see it unless you've oh, right. gone through all the other movies that came before. I think it can easily fit. I don't think it ruins anything in the movie to see this one first. I don't think it ruins any of Harry Potter to see this first.
0: True. Yeah, it does. It At least so far with this first movie, it right. does stand alone for the most part, but it is set in the same universe. Right. So if you enjoy the wizarding world of Harry Potter, you enjoy that magic, and you you see those little creatures here and there in Harry Potter, and you think, boy, I wish they made a movie about all of those creatures. Well, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them is the movie for you. And I think you'll enjoy it, especially if you enjoy the Harry Potter series. Before we get into discussing the movie further with spoilers... I do want to thank a couple heroes who made this episode of the podcast possible. This is the Lisa's inspired episode. (laughs) Or sponsored, that is. Not inspired by, but sponsored by. Sponsored by Lisa Slack and Lisa R, our two Lisa heroes, for supporting this podcast. Thank you very much for being a hero to the podcast. You help us find the fantastic beasts. You help us to be fantastic and help the podcast to be fantastic, too. If you want to be a hero to the podcast and you haven't had the opportunity yet, then please go to onespodcast.com slash hero you can donate as little as a dollar per month but higher amounts give you more benefits and you get to hear your name mentioned on the podcast too at higher amounts and you can be one of those heroes (laughs) that we think in each episode like the lisas for this episode It's
1: like having your name in lights but it's more like sound waves
0: yeah well it is your name in lights in little leds or oleds or amoleds or whatever kind of display you're using when you look at the show notes (laughs) over at onespodcast.com slash 273 now by the way speaking of that Go to OnesPodcast.com slash 273 to share this episode out. Comment on the show notes with what you think of the movie after you see the movie. Share this with anyone else. It's the best way you can support the podcast. So support us financially at OnesPodcast.com slash hero or support the podcast without it costing anything by getting someone else listening to the podcast over at OnesPodcast.com slash 273 for this episode. We'll be back after Thanksgiving with the next episode of Once Upon a Time, which airs on Sunday, November 27th. There was no episode on Sunday, November 20th. Maybe you're listening to this after that or before then. But then we have the winter finale on December 4th. So join us on those two dates, November 27th and December 4th, for our live chat during the Eastern and Central Time airing of Once Upon a Time for our initial reactions afterward and send us your feedback for those full discussions. That's all at oncepodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter at oncepodcast for further updates. Now, we are going to talk about spoilers. Our assumption is from this point on, either you have seen the movie, so you know these spoilers, or you don't mind being spoiled. So we're not going to be like those commentary people who say, well, you'll have to watch the end of the episode to know what we're talking about (laughs) now. No, we're going to assume you've either been spoiled already or you don't care about being spoiled now because we are going to spoil things. So if you do not want to be spoiled about this movie with major plot points, with certain other things and surprises, then stop listening now. You have been warned. Now let's talk spoilers. Okay. Starting out with this, I think I'm not the only one who, while we were watching, was regularly looking for, where's Voldemort? Where's Voldemort? Or maybe known as Tom Riddle. Like, are any of the kids named Tom or anything like that or any of them named Riddle or something? (laughs) And there was one boy. Did you catch it? They Inside of the little orphanage when they were feeding the kids... There was that one boy who had a birthmark on um, his his temple. Oh yeah. And uh, this was the orphanage where the lady is like totally anti magic and and she's she's a evangelist against magic and magic people. Uh, Kind of really like a cult. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But the the boy like looks at her and she looks at him and she's got this look almost of dread or, or something. And a couple of the other characters, like Credence, uh, the son, who ends up being the horrible obscurious in the the movie. I told you we'd spoil it. but (laughs)
1: um, If you push just a little further (laughs) to see how soon and how fast, well, there you go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Credence seems like he can detect something almost. And I'm wondering, is that little orphan with the birthmark, whom we see nowhere else in the movie, We never hear his name or anything. He's simply the boy with the birthmark. I think he's probably even uh, credited that in the... Yeah, I think he is. is, Yeah. yeah.
1: For some reason, that's like the only name I saw in the credits.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So it's simply boy with the birthmark. I think that could be Tom Riddle who becomes Voldemort. Spoiler. mm.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He didn't say we're going to spoil Harry Potter. (laughs) Sort of. Not really. Um... I don't remember a particular head birthmark being associated with Voldemort yeah I
0: don't remember that either (laughs) it's not the birthmark thing but it's that this boy seemed to be kind of singled out and there seemed to be some kind of sense of something with him
1: I felt that that was simply to express their paranoia Mm. they they asked her is this a, a witch's mark yeah and she says, no, he's fine. I, I hate to see what she would have done if she had decided that it was. I I almost feel like just sort of getting this out of the way. This what that was a major, it was really the only thing about the movie that kind of took it down a notch for me was how, how, how would I, how do I even put it? I've been trying to figure out how to describe it ex- other than to say that it, it feels that the way J.K. Rowling writes characters who are against magic comes from a place of deep bias. Having these people so two-dimensional and living in what appears to be a church, and she's so severe and harsh, and she's adopting children, which, by the way, and I don't think this is intentional, side note on my side note, but this is yet another case that she has written of bad adoptions like don't do that (laughs) you know harry's family was not so great
0: well that's because this is warner brothers so in warner brothers apparently adopted family members are evil or the people who do the adopting are evil whereas it's still step parents disney rules are step family relations are the evil ones what's the difference well step is you're not being adopted oh, I, see what you mean. I mean it's not like a direct adoption sort of thing An Ad- adoption so. may result uh, yeah. from it but step is you know multiple families merged in some way
1: and at least in Harry Potter as, as things went on even some background was revealed about why his adoptive mother in particular was so rabid but, but here it was just sort of like yes this is how people who believe witchcraft is evil are they're closed-minded and they're hateful and, well, and, and for me... And-,
0: and abusive. Abusive. Yeah, because yeah. definitely, that's the thing I mentioned earlier in the non-spoiler section that will make parents cringe is the the definite, not implied, but you, well, you don't see it, so I guess it is implied, mm-hmm. but it's it's definitely there. It's confirmed that this lady, the leader of the second Salemers,
1: mm-hmm.
0: is abusing physically abusing the children beating the children that she adopts right. and they are afraid of her and yeah that's yeah
1: and she's using them for her purposes and sort of putting her work ahead of even feeding them and and sort of turning them into little cookie cutter versions of herself and and things like that there are just so many so many negative things there obviously the character is not to be I, hmm. What am I trying to say? <laughs> the character, I'm not trying to defend this character, but I feel right. that this character is set up almost as a straw man sort of a thing. You could call her an extremist, fine. But, you know, on the surface, or in reality, I should say, I don't support witchcraft. <laughs> you know, the Bible speaks against witchcraft very strongly. But when I finally sort of dug into the Harry Potter series, I felt that it had enough more of a fanciful setting mm. that I, I don't object as strenuously as I might have to the stories themselves before I actually read them and watch the movies and whatnot. However, when she brings in characters like this that seem designed to teach people that if you're against witchcraft, you're this awful monster, that sort of breaks the fantasy for me. And mm. suddenly I'm just sort of confronted with this weird tension that didn't have to exist and i think even those ideas subtly in society the mind of society can be kind of dangerous
0: yeah i wouldn't and i am sensitive or not not necessarily sensitive but in the sense of like i'm easily offended but i'm sensitive in the sense that i can detect or i you see notice it. yeah i notice when there's anti-christian sentiment in a movie or tv show or something mm-hmm. and I'm I'm used to her, okay? I know right. the world in general doesn't like Christians and the world in general likes to make Christians to seem like the bad guy. And I wouldn't say from so from my Christian perspective here, I wouldn't say that that this woman was kind of a representation of a Christian. Like I felt less attacked in my own Christianity from this movie than from many others that don't show such abuse. Like, I feel uh, Battlestar Galactica attacks mm. Christianity far more than this does. And and I I get some of those undertones, and some of this may not even be necessarily an agenda. Listen to our Are You Just Watching podcast for more information about thinking critically about what you watch. But sometimes it's simply consistent with the, the writer's beliefs, mm-hmm. and that comes across in everything. We leak our worldview. So I... I'm not so sure there was an agenda here.
1: But was that a church they lived in? Like, I feel like if there's any, if you, it's almost like putting them in that sort of setting is sort of like saying, in case you didn't get it, this is religious people.
0: <laughs> well, you know, it looks, it's shaped kind of like a church, but I don't think it was big enough to be a church. Maybe not. The, the only the door, thing... I guess the door is what looked that yeah, way to and me. and there, I think if I remember correctly, there's something that almost looks steeple-like, mm. but it's more like the shape or size of a small house. So I don't think they're... I, I didn't feel like my Christianity was attacked by watching it. Yeah, I get some of those undertones or yeah. little it was, subtle was. It things. was
1: not the strongest <laughs> anti-Christian thing yeah. that I've ever seen by far. I just... But but like I say, for me, it it starts to draw out that question of, well... Is this fantasy or are we talking about actual witchcraft here? Yeah. But, and not that, you know, (laughs) the Salem witch trials approach is like (laughs) something (laughs) to be defended either. But it it is something that I thought about and something that might be a a point of discussion for some families.
0: Yeah. Now, bringing it back to what's in the movie, one of the things here is uh, this character Credence who ends up being the Obscurious. I suppose the
1: names were another thing. That... <laughs> yeah, Modesty
0: and Credence <laughs> yeah. were the names of the two children uh, that were adopted by this this mean lady. Uh, but Credence was secretly working for Graves, and Graves turns out to secretly be, and remember, spoilers, secretly turns out to be Grinwald.
1: Now that was super funny, because at the beginning we saw Grinwald from the back and his hair was very distinctive, and then when they showed Graves from the back, I was like, well, I mean, that's his hair. It's darker, I (laughs) guess. Maybe I saw it wrong before, but, like, that's the guy that did the killing in the very first scene, right? Like, that's what I thought. (laughs) Uh So I was a little confused as things went on, but I wasn't super surprised. (laughs) I was more surprised that he had a different face. I thought, at, you know, Toward the end, as they started to figure it out, I thought she was just going to be like, oh, it's you. Mm. And it was like that was his face.
0: <laughs> I was surprised by it. But something that he said to Credence is that Graves, at the time he was being in this person, Graves, uh, had detected someone in close proximity to Credence's adopted mother that had um, imminent power, immense power. And that's, or it was a prophecy of some sort, I believe. Like a said. vision. Or, yeah, a vision or a prophecy mm-hmm. or something. And I felt like they were talking about Tom Riddle, who had become Voldemort. Oh, funny. Not about Credence and his obscurious power. Maybe it was Credence that Graves had visions of or prophecy or, or something like that. And this whole concept of the obscurious, even, was, I think, a new concept in this universe, but an interesting one that if you suppress the magical power that's in you, then this dark force is created that is basically like a child's tantrum. It's uncontrollable, (laughs) it releases, it destroys things and that's what incredibly
1: dangerous yeah
0: obscurious (laughs) is that it's like this dark cloud like imagine the smoke monster from lost but a whole lot meaner (laughs) on its worst behavior (laughs) yeah i just smoke monster from lost when he was a kid and had his favorite toy taken away from him that kind of thing (laughs) that's what obscurious is but it's something that i wonder if they'll bring back in the upcoming movies because right near the end it seemed like there was one little last hint of the black cloud from the obscurious after they killed Credence that seemed like it escaped from the hole
1: i've been i i was thinking about that i noticed it at the time and i was trying to decide if i had missed an explanation for whatever that was cuz it felt like they looked at it but didn't really Think much about it. The alternative would have been the one that he was holding in his bag hmm. that came from the girl that died in the Sudan. That could have been just, it could have been released, I guess. Maybe. Because it wasn't going to survive outside of his protection. So he was just letting it sort of be free, kind of like scattering ashes. I don't know. It almost makes more sense if a part of. Credence survived, and he's going to make a reappearance at some point. For a couple of reasons. I mean, one, they built him up quite a bit to just destroy him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Unless that was making a very specific point, which it could have been. Uh, And it's a fine point, I suppose, even (laughs) even if that's not all that was happening. But the other thing is that it did seem a little odd... I don't know if I would call him a child child. <laughs> he's not a young child, but he's still a child. Teens, and and, and so there we are. And that would be one of the, th- the other things that would be a darker moment in the movies. Like, suddenly you've got the entire sort of wizarding law enforcement force killing this teenager, yeah. essentially. I mean, he was sort of in cloud form, but he had a face.
0: And I'm thinking of this with harry potter in mind as well like wondering how does this then connect because i'm sure this has got to go in the direction of Voldemort. it's got to think so so? yeah i think so
1: (laughs) i don't know if it does though i think it maybe should stand on its own
0: well what i maybe i'm too influenced by a bad star wars prequel but is this like is this Obscurious thing like the Metachlorians from Star Wars uh, and is the Obscurious so. something that somehow later ties into the creation of the birth of whatever, the something about <laughs> being involved with Tom Riddle who later yeah. becomes Voldemort? I, I don't know. If Voldemort isn't actually one of those kids that was in the orphanage.
1: I think it would be more along the lines of, if we're going to continue with Star Wars comparisons, how there's this concept of darkness, especially in the most recent movie, darkness always being present but just taking different forms. So Grindelwald, and we were saying his name a bit wrong earlier. sorry. Uh, <laughs> Everyone
0: already yelled at us.
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, he's he's a dark wizard, and that darkness may simply be the
0: connecting thread. Was Grindelwald referenced in the Harry Potter series at all?
1: The name really sounded familiar, but I my my gut would be like like a shop name. Okay. Not- well,
0: yeah, I think the name of the. Bank in Harry Potter might have yeah, been Grimwald yeah, yeah, yeah. or something like that. And that's why I'm confusing the name. Is there some other name that was kind of close to it, like Sauron and Saruman? Well, come on, make your names a little bit more different than that. I Helps think... people like me. Well, and speaking of names, we got Albus Dumbledore was referenced in this. He was not yet the headmaster of Hogwarts, but Hogwarts was referenced, of course. But um, Albus Dumbledore was simply a teacher at Hogwarts, and he was Newt Scamander's teacher and believed in Newt's research and his studies and wanted to encourage him to pursue that. So we never see Dumbledore. I believe at some point in this Fantastic Beasts series, we will see Dumbledore, and that'll be a very special moment for the fans. But we don't see him. We only hear of him referenced. In our chat, while we're recording this, Ash23 said that Dumbledore knew Grindelwald.
1: Yeah, I, I'm. I'm still cheating by using the wiki to kind of refresh my memory a little bit, and there, there is that a uh, friendship from way back when, and that would have been maybe even in the late 1800s. So that makes mm-hmm. sense since he he looks older here right. than what he would have been
0: when they were friends. Well, obviously, they wouldn't be friends when he's gone all dark and evilly. Yeah, and all Johnny Deppy, who, by the way, is the one who plays Grindelwald. Johnny Depp, you get to see him there. Right near the end, just a very brief little thing. There were cheers in the audience when that happened. One of the other names that was referenced in this was Lestrange. That was the name of a woman that was on a picture that Newt had with him, a former love interest or childhood friends, childhood boyfriend, girlfriend. But Lestrange, uh, what we know of the Lestrange family, you may remember Bellatrix Lestrange is the one who killed Sirius Black. She comes from the Lestrange family. She married into the Lestrange family. I couldn't find much more on the Lestrange family beyond Bellatrix and her relationship marrying into the family. But still cool to hear one of the names that we hear later on. I assume at some point we'll probably also hear the Potter name, the Black name, some of the other names we know from Harry Potter referenced at some point during this whole series.
1: It could be. my. In fact, now that I remember the Grindelwald connection, there's a much stronger connection than I even thought. And I think the one time Dumbledore was mentioned, it was by Graves, who yeah. was Grindelwald, which is interesting.
0: That's true, yeah.
1: But... I could be wrong. I don't think this series will try to serve as a prequel to Harry Potter. I think it's a little more separate than that.
0: I feel like it will.
1: Well, we shall see I who think, is right and who is
0: dead. I think that's what the fans want, in a way. is mm. If it's in the same universe, they want little nods to Harry Potter. They want to not see yes, some but... of the best. I understand like not a prequel in the sense of... You have to watch Harry Potter in order to enjoy this or to understand it. But I think being in the same universe, it's for the same fans, really. That's the basic thing. And uh, I think that they leave plenty of things open for the next movie, uh, which will be coming out in 2018. That's when it's currently scheduled for release. Like one of the things is here's this guy that's called a nomadge or from harry potter and they even reference it in here that in (laughs) england they're known as muggles
1: and that is really good well representative of the difference in how british people refer to things and how americans refer to things
0: (laughs) yeah and in this whole (laughs) movie it was funny to see a very american approach to what we've already seen a british approach to Right. Like how in America, it's, there's all this paperwork, there's a bureau, there are inspections, there's all of this <laughs> stuff. It's all part of the American government. A
1: lot of that stuff was on the British side, too. Yeah. The Ministry of Magic and that sort of well, thing.
0: Well, I felt like on the Harry Potter side that that was all its own little universe. Whereas here, it felt like this is actually a branch of the United States government a secret branch of the government.
1: Hmm. I don't know about that because they want to be completely, not one person, not one nomad is allowed to know about them.
0: Yeah. But one did get to tag along, and he was a lot of fun through the series, (laughs) Kowalski. And uh, he falls in love with this girl. At the very end, when she walks into his bakery, you can kind of see him wanting to say the words, Do I know you? (laughs) and he touches the the bite mark on his neck and then he has this smile of recognition it seems
1: well clearly something's in there because look at his baked goods oh yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) i i liked that he wasn't just the overweight comic relief that he had substance that she saw something in him instead of everybody being sort of stereotypical. And in a sense, it was like with her ability to read minds, she saw who he really was. Mm -hmm. She saw who he was on the inside, not just on the outside. They even, her sister made some comment earlier, like, who would marry him?
0: (laughs) Yeah, and from Harry Potter, we know that there have been marriages between people with magic and people without magic, if you want to call them. Uh, pure blood and muggle or pure blood and nomad or whatever uh, and we see those kids from those families being ridiculed. I wonder if this is like even before that 's a thing before it 's even allowed in either country
1: i don't know i i don 't remember <laughs> enough about the it seemed at the start that it was different, more strict in America. Than it was in Britain.
0: Yeah, there was some reference, now that I think of it, to that regulation. Mm. Uh, So maybe Kowalski will help change that in America. But nonetheless, it does make me wonder, is he going to be a character in the next movie? Because of how they hinted. And they end the movie with him. Yeah. So it, it kind of hinted at something maybe happening. Or maybe they it's just that kind of cute thing that, hey, we just want to show you he has a happy ending after all. He gets his bakery, he gets the girl. He gets his
1: memories. Yeah. Maybe not. I Yeah. To phrase it like Eddie Kittis and Adam Horowitz, I would be really disappointed if we didn't get to see him get to know her a little bit better again and come back in the next movie.
0: Yeah. So it's going to be two years until the next movie. I don't know if one's Podcast will even be around then to share the review of the next movie, oh, but
1: say a thing like
0: that. If you get to see the movie and you want to share your thoughts with us, then please comment on the <laughs> show notes for this episode at com slash two seventy-three. I know we probably got some Harry Potter Universe stuff wrong. Please have mercy on us. <laughs> but if you feel that need to correct certain details for the audience, then please do so gracefully mm-hmm. in the comments. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know we, we're we not the experts there. We're approaching this because once upon a time and Harry Potter, it's, it's that same kind fantasy. of interest. Yeah, fantasy, magic, the world of magical creatures, magical mm-hmm. people, all of that kind of cool stuff like that.
1: I'm going on five years rusty knowledge of Harry Potter and one viewing of the movie in the dark where I could take no notes.
0: (laughs) So you're welcome to point out other things to us when you see the movie, point out little Easter eggs and such.
1: There is one big element of this whole experience that I have to say. Half the time I felt like I was watching Doctor Who. He... (laughs) Yeah, true. Newt... Was so similar in so many ways in my mind to Matt Smith's interpretation of the doctor. It was uncanny at certain moments. Mm. And as they're bashing around and he's saying things like, we need an insect and a teapot. It's like, these are doctor things. (laughs) And he's even wearing a bow tie.
0: (laughs) When he said that, I was thinking... Why does this feel familiar? (laughs) A request for completely random and seemingly Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, (laughs) worthless things like that. Yeah. Yeah, he does have a lot of that to him. And it's it's really fun to see the different creatures too. And the the creativity of the, the production crew. And a great, great movie, I think. By the way, in case you're wondering, there's nothing after the end credits. Maybe I right. should have said that in the non-spoiler section, but <laughs> eh, let them sit through the credits to discover that. So that's the spoiler. There's nothing after the credits. <laughs> spoiler. You've
1: already, you've already tried sitting through the credits. But if you watch the movie and you're listening to us and you're you're just really in a lot of turmoil, wondering if you should have sat through the credits for something crucial,
0: no. <laughs> you're good. Yeah. Well, please go to oncepodcast.com slash 273 to share this episode out. Continue the conversation about the movie or tweet us your thoughts. We're on Twitter at Once Podcast. Remember that there is no Once Upon a Time on Sunday, November 20th. Happy Thanksgiving if you're in the United States and you're celebrating Thanksgiving on November 24th. Happy Thanksgiving then. We will be back with our podcast on November 27th when Once Upon a Time returns. And we'll have our initial reactions, full discussion later that week. And then the winter finale of Once Upon a Time is on Sunday, December 4th. And we'll have our initial reactions and full discussion later that week as well. And then we'll be off for a few months until Once Upon a Time returns. And Noodle Baby will be born in the meantime. (laughs) And all kinds of things will change and happen during then. But we'll still be around to share the love, share the magic. And we hope you will be too. So please join us. Follow us on Twitter. I'm Daniel J. Lewis on Twitter at the Daniel J. Lewis.
1: I'm Jeremy Laughlin on Twitter at Fleagon. That's P H L E G O N.
0: And until next time, try not to need investigating for a bit. And thanks for listening. Once Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Big thanks to our heroes for supporting this episode of the podcast. If you'd like to be a hero too, then please go to oncepodcast.com slash hero. And thank you for your support.